welcome to Bangalore Revival Center, a church dedicated to loving God and serving people. Today, we have Pastor Bridgie teaching us from the series, Hallowed Be Thy Name. The revelation that he would be sharing today is from the name Sevaot. Hope this will minister to you today. Are you ready? Let's go into the series. Okay. Uh, the name of the series is Hallowed Be Thy Name. The title verse, the key verse for this series was from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Can we all read it out together? 1, 2, 3, go. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Who taught us to pray this? Jesus taught us to pray this prayer every time we lift up our hearts every time we lift up our voices every time we gather together every time we have a need can we pray saying hallowed be your name now the root word for hallowed in this place if you study it it's a greek word which means to consecrate or to keep holy or to keep it as special or to keep it above everything else amen and and here the bible says when you pray, when you ask, when you live your life, you have to do so with the heart to hallow His name, to consecrate His name, to keep His name set apart, keep His name above everything else. And the more that you exalt His name, the more that you keep His name set apart, keep, uh, keep it above everything else, the more that that revelation that is hidden in his name the power that is hidden in his name will begin to manifest in every area of our life do you understand what i'm saying the bible says in psalms chapter 30 and verse 4 sing to the lord all you godly ones and praise his holy name so now if i have to exalt his holy name if i have to be talking about his holy name and if i have to be lifting his holy name i need to have a particular qualification i need to be in a place where i am godly where you and i we set ourselves apart where we call on his name with respect and reverence that's why the bible says in the old testament do not call on the name of the lord your god in vain do not just call on the name of the Lord just because you don't have any other fillers in your conversation. Every time you speak His name, there is a revelation released. There is a power released. There is a glory that is unleashed in the atmosphere. Amen? Amen. That's why the Bible says, when you are singing His name, when you are praising His name, you have to check your own life too. See, how godly have I been? Where have I positioned myself? And the Bible says, sing to the Lord all you godly. So one of the reasons why we struggle to sing or to worship or to praise is because we are not confident that we are godly. That we still feel guilty about something or the other. And if you are feeling that, you can come into the presence of Jesus and you can receive help and you can receive forgiveness and you can receive cleansing you can receive cleansing for your sins for your emotional struggles for your pain physical pain whatever they may be whatever is stopping you from worshiping the lord you can receive 
health and wholeness in all those areas of your life. Ezekiel chapter 39 and verse 7. It says, And my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Where does it begin? It begins with my people. It doesn't begin in the world out there. If we have to see the world out there experience the power of God, the grace of God, then it begins with what happens in the church, what happens among believers, what happens among people that do call upon the name of the Lord. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people first, in the midst of my church first, those that are called by my name. I will make sure that my holy name, everybody say holy name. I will, I will demonstrate the holiness of my name among my people first and then I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. And the, the nations shall know that I am the Lord. How many of us want our nation of India to know that he is the Lord, that he is Yahweh, that he is uh, Adonai, that he is Elohim, that he is El Shaddai. How many of us want that to be a reality in India? How many of us want that to be a reality in Nigeria? How many of us want that to be a reality in Kenya or in Uganda or in South Sudan or any other nations here? Any other nations in the house? Sorry, Congo. Yeah, amen in Jesus' name. If we have to see the name of the Lord known in the midst of these nations, then it begins by His name being exalted and considered holy among His people in the house of God, in the church, between us, in our conversations, in our prayers, everything that we speak, even in the privacy of our homes and in the times that we gather together to worship in public. All that we do to exalt His name is what is going to Make sure that the name of the Lord is going to be known even outside the church. Amen. When we come to the book of Revelation chapter 15 and verse 4. This is the song of Moses being sung in heaven. It says, who will not fear you Lord and glorify your name? Why? For you alone are holy and all nations will come and worship before you for your righteous deeds have been revealed now this morning i'm praying that there will be a revelation of the deeds of god there will be a revelation of his works there will be a fresh understanding of what he did in the past on the cross 2000 years back in the history, in your history of 30, 40, 50, 60 years, that you will have a revelation of what God did for you and that we will have a revelation of what God is doing for us right now and what He will do for us in the next one week, in the next season, for the rest of our lives, that we will have a revelation. And it says when we have this revelation, it says we will fear Him and we will glorify His name. Not, we've, not that we will glorify our actions or our righteousness, but we will glorify 
His name. Why? For you alone are holy. You know the name that we're going to touch this morning. It requires for us to have a revelation of God's holiness. You know when we were talking about Elohim. Do you remember the one characteristic that we were emphasizing again and again? It was the fact that he is a creator God. When we went to Yahweh. We are talking about a very personal, intimate God. When we, when we went to Adonai, we were talking about a God who was willing to negotiate, who was your master. When we were talking about El Shaddai, we, we, we spoke about a God that would change your identity. You understand, right? You remember from last week. Now, this morning, the revelation that we're going to touch, it is going to require for us to see the holiness of God. The, the glory of God, the power of God. Are you ready for this? Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf of Ephraim. Verse 2. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Right? We see, we know the story of how Penina would make fun of Hannah for her lack. Hannah was stuck. The Bible says in the further verses that the Lord had closed her womb. And Hannah was stuck. This was the act of God. God divinely made this happen and the bible says in verse 3 each year elkanah would travel to shiloh to worship and sacrifice to whom to the lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle okay what is the name that is mentioned here the lord of heaven's armies now this is the name that you would see beginning from the book of samuel all the way. Now the Samuel is the first prophet in the Bible. And here is Samuel who is writing and who is anointing leaders and who is, uh, who is raising a prophetic generation. And the Bible says that when it came to the days of Samuel, he was no longer just known as Yahweh. He was no longer just known as El Shaddai. He was no longer just spoken of as Adonai. Or Elohim now he is known as the Lord of heaven's armies now this this word it's a complex word it's the first word is Lord Lord means Yahweh you remember Yahweh is translated as Lord but when it comes to the word heaven's armies some translations will use the word host the Lord of hosts or the Lord of uh, the NIV translation would use Almighty God. Different translations will use it differently. Another translation would say the Lord of Armies. Okay? And the root word is Sevahot. It is T-Z-E-V-A-O-T. The Hebrew word is Sebao. Uh, but in when we transliterate it into English... It means, or we pronounce it as Sevaot. Now, the Bible, uh, it is literally translated as armies or hosts. Um, this is used most in First and Second Samuel, then in Psalms, and then the 
prophets uh, of the Old Testament. You know, all of these guys, they would regularly call on the name of the Lord as the Lord of heaven's armies or the Lord of hosts or the Lord of uh, uh, armies. You know, they would, they would repeatedly call on this name. Now, the variance that it has, it has been used in the Old Testament is like this. They would sometimes say Yahweh Sevahot, which means the Lord of heaven's armies. Another time he would say Yahweh Elohi Sevahot, which would mean the Lord God of heaven's armies. You remember Yahweh Elohim? We studied during Yahweh. And another place it would refer to it as Elohe Sevaot. In English, it will be the God of heaven's armies, or the God of hosts, or the God of armies. Another place it is mentioned as Adonai Yahweh Sevaot, which would mean Lord, Lord, Lord of hosts. See, you remember, you remember Adonai and Yahweh is both translated as Lord in the English Bible. So whenever Adonai and Yahweh comes together, what these Bible translators would do is they would use Lord God. Okay, even though the root word is not Elohim, they would use it as Lord God. But, uh, but most times Adonai in the Bible is translated as L-O-R-D with only L capital. And Yahweh is translated as L-O-R-D and all L-O-R-D is capital. Now, what we have been doing so far in this book of, in this particular series is, we check the patterns of wherever these terms have been used in the Bible and then we derive our revelations from that, okay? Now I can just stand up here and say, hey, this word means that he is the God of heaven's armies. Uh, if you go into the literal meaning, it means he is the God of angel armies, which means there is a host of heaven's angels that are fighting every time he would open his mouth, every time he would speak something, every time he would release something. There is a host of heaven's angels that are released. Now I can tell you all of that and we can go back just focusing on the fact that this is speaking about the angels that fight for the Lord. But I want to make it a little more personal by bringing all those people in the Bible that prayed in the name of Yahweh Sevaot. Amen? Can you say it after me? Yahweh Sevaot. Sevaot. So this morning we're going to say this a lot of times. Okay? We're going to say it till we get it. And this becomes a part and parcel of our prayer life. It becomes a part and parcel of our worship. It becomes a part and parcel of our understanding of who our God really is. Yeah? Now, you should understand that because this is also speaking, though I'm not going to touch about angels today, because this is speaking about a God of angel armies, and like I've been telling you, that any time that we release a word here, we release a name of the Lord here, everything that is packed in that name will get, you know, unpacked, will get released. So some of you can expect angelic encounters this morning. Some of you can expect angelic encounters when you go back and listen to this sermon again. Some of you can expect angelic encounters in the middle of the night, waking you up, talking to you, leading you speaking to you, ministering to you, just like Jesus had them, just like the apostles in the New Testament had them, 
just like the saints in the Old Testament had angelic encounters, some of you are going to be opened up to this realm of angels. Somebody scream, I receive. You know, don't, you know, see, this is the thing. The reason why we don't experience some of it is because we are ignorant that it exists. But if you will just remain sensitive and receptive, you wouldn't believe how much he will begin to allow you to see and experience very tangibly, personally, physically, this God of angel armies. Amen? Are you ready to go into the scripture? Okay, that was just the introduction for today. Now we go into the word. First Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11. This is Hannah praying. And the Bible says, she made this vow. What was the vow? Oh, Lord of heaven's armies. Now, now, let's, let's say this in Hebrew. Oh, Yahweh Seva Oath. You remember this? What is the, what is, what does Yahweh mean? Lord. What does Seva Oath mean? Heaven's armies. So now we're going to say this in Hebrew. Oh, Yahweh Seva Oath. If you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me son who is praying this prayer hannah is praying and and hannah when she calls out to the lord she could have just said you are yahweh you are a personal god you are an intimate god you are a friend you are my negotiator you are my creator will you please come to help me she could have just relied on the revelation of her ancestors but this time when she begins to pray she doesn't just say El Shaddai. Do you remember El Shaddai was a revelation that was specific for Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But when it came to Moses, the Lord explained to Moses, I am Yahweh. He, he introduced the name Yahweh to Moses for the first time. Before Moses, nobody knew him as Yahweh. They would call him Elohim, they would call him Adonai and they would call him El Shaddai. But Moses is the first person to have the revelation of Yahweh, the God of unfailing love and compassion. Now, when Hannah is praying, she is praying to the God of angel armies, to the God of heaven's angels, to the God of heaven's armies. And she says, God, I have a problem and I have a sorrow and I have a challenge that's going about in my life. And it's not enough that I receive a revelation I need a man of war to come and fight for me I'm in a season of battle I have people insulting me in my house I have all these voices of doubts that are plaguing my head but now I, I, I'm not just looking for a friend today I am looking for a man of war how many of you know that our Lord, He is a mighty man of war? He is the God of angel armies. He is the, he's the Lord of angel armies. He is a God who loves to fight for us. Now here is Hannah. She's saying, you know what? I want somebody to fight for me. And I know it's not going to be my husband. I know that's not going to be my pastor. She had a pastor in her nation. And his name was Eli. And she's like, I know it's not going to be my pastor. I know it's not going to be my relatives or my father, mother. No, no, no. I want you to come down to fight for me. See, there are some battles that your pastors cannot fight for you. 
there are some battles that your revelations and your understanding cannot fight for you there are some battles that you need to invite yahweh's seva oath into your life into that area of your life and say lord today i invite the god of heaven's armies the lord of hosts into my home into my finances into these areas of closed experiences hannah was experiencing a closed womb and now hannah says lord of heaven's armies will you please look at my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son she goes on to say then if you do that then i will give him back to you he will be yours somebody say yours, yours. for his entire lifetime and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the lord his hair will never be cut who other people in the bible was that that there was the samson what was the specification what was the name that was given to those that would nazarites would never cut their hair they were a special group of people that were set apart holy and here is a group of people that are set apart holy dedicated as yours you remember what she said i'm going to give him to be yours as yours this son of mine that you're going to bless me with he will belong to you i'm going to give him back to you and because hannah was ready for that level of consecration she invited the lord of heaven's armies Amen. see see when you invite yahweh he's going to come he's going to be friends with you he's going to be intimate with you he may let go of your mistakes and challenges and lack of consecration and all of that but when you invite this yahweh seva oath when he comes as a mighty man of war now he's not just coming as a friend now he's coming as a consuming fire now he's coming as a glorious king who will take down everything that doesn't represent his image and his heart and his love and that is why if you're going to be calling on the lord of heaven's armies you better do it from a place of purity you better do it from a place of consecration you better do it from a place of saying lord everything that i'm getting from you it belongs to you if 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 you will allow me to win this battle all the profits that are, that comes out of this the child that is going to be born out of this the ministry that will come out of this the revelations that will come out of this it will be set apart to serving you to giving back to you to loving you and to honoring you wow i pray and i hope that some of you will be ready to go into that level of consecration see you, sh you should understand this you know every step that we take every time that we go deeper every moment that we we go closer in to the presence of god into understanding who he is and what he is doing in our life all those times when we do that we will experience the fact that the lord will expect higher standards from us he will say okay if you just want this this is what you have to do if you want this then your level of consecration would be higher if you want you know to come a little more closer then you cannot wear that you remember the priests in the old testament they they couldn't wear what everybody else wore 
you know the more closer you would come to the presence of god the more consecrated you would have to be the high priest he would have to be even more consecrated he cannot do what the other normal levites and the priests would do the more closer you would get into the glory realm the more consecration it would require of you now you may say pastor i i know you know isn't isn't our god all forgiving yes he is doesn't the lord you know you know help me he's a god of grace and mercy and he will give me grace and mercy absolutely he will do that but if you're going to say that because he gives me grace and because he gives me mercy uh, you know i can just do what i want to do and you know i can just go wherever i want to in my understanding of him then you're wrong you can be a child of god you can be a believer you can even make it to heaven you understand what i'm saying i'm saying if you're not consecrated you may even make it to heaven but if you want a more intimate personal real understanding and revelation of who god is and you want to go deeper your level of consecration has to increase what is okay for everybody else cannot be okay for you what is fine for everybody else what everybody else can eat and drink and watch and be with say hey, wait, wait, wait. that's that's not for the nazarites the nazarites are a set apart group the nazarites are the ones who understand the principle of calling on the lord of heaven's armies if you jump to chapter 4 of first samuel it says these guys are in a season of battle so they sent men to shiloh to bring the ark of the covenant of the lord of heaven's armies who is enthroned between the cherubim okay now the israelites are going into battle with the philistines so they said wait wow we have to invite the lord of heaven's armies right and so they said we know where we can have an encounter with the lord of heaven's armies it is within the ark of the covenant you remember first samuel chapter 1 verse 1 where did elkana and his two wives travel to to shiloh why because the ark the tabernacle was there and there they had a revelation of the lord of heaven's armies right and 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 here he goes and says we need to get that ark here why so that we can have yahweh save our oath come and fight for us amen is there a bad desire is there a good thing to invite the lord into your battles absolutely but the problem was this do you want to read the next line the problem was that hophni and phinehas the sons of eli were also there with the ark of the covenant of god see if only the ark of the covenant came no problem because this is yahweh save out he would love to fight for you but the problem was that there were two guys in the team two people their names were hophni and phinehas they were sons of eli and these guys were the most wild people in israel back then they would do all kinds of wicked things they will hurt the woman that would come to minister and to worship the lord they would steal from the offerings that were given to the lord and they would do it you know openly their father corrected them several times and they would not listen to their father's correction and here were two unrepentant guys who were saying 
let's go with the ark let's go into the battle let's see what yahweh seva oath is going to do how many of you have read the story how many of you know what happens it didn't turn out good it didn't turn out good let's jump to verse 11 the bible says the ark of god was captured and hophni and phinehas what happened to these guys they were killed see if your level of consecration is not high enough for yahweh seva oath to interfere into your life then don't invite him but if your level of consecration is high enough and you have set yourself apart to serving god and then you invite this yahweh seva oath oh my god your enemies are in for a surprise but the problem with us is this we want the benefits of the name we don't want to get rid of our compromising lifestyle we want the benefits of the name of yahweh sevaot but we want to continue to be a hofni and we want to continue to do what finahas did and we we think that because of god's name we will experience victory this morning can we disconnect from our hofni and finahases it's a good desire to have the lord of heaven's armies with you but there are some other people who are with you that represent uncleanness that represent lack of consecration that represents impurity ungodliness all kinds of nasty things that are supposed to be in the world now you have to be willing to disconnect from your hofni and finahas so that you can experience the the victory that yahweh seva oath is going to bring you amen this is first samuel chapter 15 and verse 2 it says now this is samuel speaking okay now samuel says this is what the lord of heaven's armies has declared i have decided to settle accounts with the nation of amalek for opposing israel when they came from egypt and samuel says this and he kills the king of amalek okay now who are the amalekites amalekites were the ones that were distracting and opposing and slowing down the move of israelites from egypt to canaan okay now in our lives we will have to face two kinds of battles the first battle is with the egyptians okay this is the battle that we experience before our salvation before we get saved but once our egyptians are taken care of what the the battles that we have to fight before we get saved all the things that we had experienced before we came to the lord before we got you know a, a revelation of who god is once that gets taken care of we go through the red sea experience the bible calls that in first corinthians 10 as Uh, baptism we get baptized in water and then be filled in the holy spirit and then we journey with the lord and then there is a different level of battle that we have to experience and that is battling the guys that possess canaan canaan is our promised land and there are giants that are possessing this canaan and there are kingdoms like amalek that is standing in the way that is opposing israel from entering into canaan that are distracting israel from entering into canaan they may be 
a character flaw that we may have. There may be a physical sickness that we may have that we, that's stopping us from serving the Lord wholeheartedly. Whatever they may be. They may be that Hophni and Phinehas who would not get out of your life. They may be that, that thorn in the flesh that is hurting you for a long time. Whatever they may be. This morning the Lord is declaring not just the Lord, the Lord of Come on, say this in Hebrew. Who is this? This is Yahweh Sevaoth. He declares, I have decided to settle accounts with your enemies. With your enemies. Who are your enemies this morning? Not flesh and blood. Don't, don't name your boss's name here. You know, don't name that guy that is not paying you well or mystery. No, no, no. We don't fight against flesh and blood, right? But the spirits that are working behind these people, the Lord says, I have decided to settle accounts with those people. I have decided to settle accounts with your Hophni and Phinehas. I have decided to settle accounts with everything that stopped you from entering into your Canaan. You may be out of Egypt, but that doesn't mean the battle is over. You may be saved, you may be baptized, you may be filled in the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you don't have giants to fight. You still have giants to fight. And the Lord of Heaven's armies declares this morning that I am going to settle accounts on your behalf. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to speak a better word for you. I'm going to do something that is going to surprise you. That is going to surprise the people around you. And this, this was a prophetic word by a prophet by the name of Samuel who was born out of a prayer that Hannah prayed to the God of angel armies. And when he was born, he began using the same name when he started declaring judgment over the enemies of God. Amen? Amen. Later on, Samuel laid hands on David, right? Now David is rising up and there is a giant that David is faced with. I want you to read this very clearly, very carefully. What does it say? 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 45. David replied to the Philistine. What's his name? Goliath. Okay. It says, You came to me with sword, spear, and javelin. What, what did this guy have? What did he come with? Sword, spear, and javelin. So your enemy, he is well equipped. He is well prepared the Bible in fact says do not be ignorant of the schemes and the plans of your enemy he is coming full prepared to fight you he has his weapons to take you down if you think that your enemy is not powerful you are mistaken your enemy is powerful he may not have the authority but he is powerful he has the right weapons in his hands right the Bible says you came to me with, everybody scream with. This is another term that we're going to come back to at the later part of this morning, okay? You remember with? Okay? What did he come with? He came with his weapons. Now, here is David's reply. He says, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh Sevaoth. He is the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Wait a minute, look at the comparison, okay? He doesn't say that you have no idea how powerful my stones are. 
he has physical stones in his hands okay he, see david is not going without his weapons we also have our weapons our prayer is a weapon our bible reading is a weapon you know the sword of the spirit which is the word of god that's a weapon our faith is a weapon it's a shield you remember breastplate of righteousness helmet of salvation belt of truth all of these are our weapons but we are not going to go and say you have no idea how strong my faith is you have no idea how much i have read my bible today <laughs> you have no idea how many hours i prayed no 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 you cannot talk to the devil like that you need your weapons you need your stones in your bag but you do not go boasting in your weapons you go boasting in the name of yahweh sevaoth he says he says you know david is teaching about yahweh sevaoth in this place okay he is a he's probably a 17 year old boy but there was an anointing on the inside of him that was giving him a revelation of who this yahweh sevaoth is and he says this yahweh sevaoth he is the god of the armies of israel Wait wait wait. I thought he's the god of heaven's armies or god of angel armies. Why are you equating that to the armies of Israel? See, this Philistine giant Goliath, he was fighting he was not fighting angels. He was fighting the 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 physical armies of Israel. And he was telling them, "Hey, where is your god? Anybody in this place who is you know and 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 when the when the god of the armies of israel got threatened david said no wait a minute he's not just defiling the armies he's armies of israel he's defiling the lord of heaven's armies see you should understand this what david was trying to do is he is giving god the same position here on earth as he has in heaven He is the Lord of heaven's armies, right? Where there are like Jesus said this, if only I would speak a word, 12 legions of angels will come down from heaven and destroy the whole world. Do you know the capacity of 12 legion of angels? One angel killed 186,000 people during the days of David. One one angel. Okay? One legion is 6,000. One legion is So six thousand into one lakh eighty six thousand. Just you, you guys can do your mathematics, okay? Now Jesus said, "I can call down twelve legions of angels from heaven, right? That is six thousand into twelve into one lakh eighty six thousand people. Just like that, in a moment, can be wiped out if Jesus would." that's his, that's what he said he said i can just speak a word and 12 legions of angels will come down from heaven to fight for me wow and he says this authority that you have in heaven we give you the same authority among ourselves you remember what we started with if we have to establish the name of the lord in our nation it has to be first established in our midst in the people among the people of israel This morning we have to say it like this, okay? Can I just rephrase this for you? I come to you all the enemies, all the Goliaths that are fighting my city and my nation. I come to you in the name of Yahweh Sevaoth. He is the God of Bangalore Revival Center. 
whom you have tried to defile. You understand what I'm saying? David is personalizing this revelation of the God of angel armies, of the God of heaven's armies. He's saying, no, no, no. This God, he is the God of Prajuvagis. This God, he's the God of this household. This God, you have to put your family name and say, this God is the God of, of my home. And this God, this God of heaven's armies, this God is the God of this, this locality. And you have to say, hey, enemy, you tried to defile us by stepping into our city, by stepping into our nation. And we come against you in the name of Yahweh Sevaoth. And he's not just Yahweh Sevaoth in heaven. He is the God of this church. He is the first and the head and, and the preeminent one even in our home, in our career, in our ministry, in everything. He is the one who has first priority. And that is why I come against you in the name of Yahweh Sevaoth. And the rest of it is history. It was not the stone that gave him the victory. It was his revelation of Yahweh Sevaoth. Guess what? This guy, he capitalized on this name. All his Sams, you would see him calling out Yahweh Sevaoth. Yahweh Sevaoth. Yahweh Elohe Sevaoth. Adonai. Yahweh save out. You would find this guy calling out on the name of the God of heaven's armies. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 10. And I'm releasing this as a prophetic word over some of you this morning. It says, so David went on and became great. And Yahweh save out. Okay, here, here, here. Check this out. Okay, it says, Lord God of hosts, which means Yahweh Elohi Sevaoth was with him. Do you remember what was with Goliath? What was with Goliath? Swords, spears, javelin and all his weaponries were with him, right? But who was with David? See, David's method of fighting battles evolved over a period of time. Earlier he fought with stones. Later on, he fought with a sword. Later on, he even fought with Goliath's sword. Do you remember? There was a point where he started fighting with... There was, later on, he stopped going into battle. His men fought his battles for him. Right? But all those victories were won in the same name. Just because his methods changed doesn't mean that his weapons changed. His weapon was still the name of Yahweh Sevaoth. The Bible says, so David went on and became great. I tried searching other kings or other leaders or other prophets in the Bible where it talks about this particular name and nobody else. Because David was that one man. I don't think anybody else fought the kind of wars that David fought. Can you imagine? David fought to that extent that when Solomon came to power, he did not have to fight. The Bible says in the days of Solomon, there was perfect peace. So every enemy that was supposed to be killed and captured in the days of Moses and Joshua, guess who fought all of them? David and his men. So that when Solomon came to sit on the throne, he was like, man, I can just chill. I can just relax. There was no warfare during the days of Solomon. In fact, 
during the days of solomon israel occupied the whole land that god had promised abraham the entire land and it was only in the days of solomon after the days of solomon because of solomon's disobedience they lost part of it but during the days of solomon why is it because something solomon did no it's because of a battle a lifestyle of battles that his father fought and how did his father fight those battles in the name of yahweh elohi seva oath it says he was with david and david became great lord i release greatness upon your children this morning i release this anointing to become great i release this anointing to break out of all the boundaries that history has put upon their children their fathers might not have entered into canaan the fathers might not have experienced 100% victory the fathers or the mothers might not have victored over all the giants but the sons and the daughters those that have a revelation of yahweh elohi seva oath in this house they will have a hundred percent victory in the mighty name of jesus i speak a hundred percent victory a hundred percent victory a hundred percent victory a hundred percent victory you will be called great in the name of yahweh seva oath because the lord says i will be with you yahweh elohi seva oath he says I will be with you. Wow. Goliath had javelin and swords and spears. Can you stop running after javelins and swords and spears? Guys, when you need the sto- I'm not saying you should not have your stones and your swords and your spears, but don't run after them. You know, do your education, do your work faithfully, do your ministry faithfully, do all of that. But those are not what will give you the ultimate victory you fight because yahweh seva oath is with you the bible says in second samuel chapter 6 and verse 2 david he led them to bala of judah to bring back the ark of god which bears the name of yahweh seva oath who is enthroned between the cherubim you know the story of how david brought the ark back into Jerusalem first time he went he didn't do it right then he he by you know with a lot of uh recorrection he brought the presence of God into Jerusalem it says in verse 18 chapter 6 and verse 18 it says when he had finished his sacrifices David blessed the people in the name of Yahweh Sebaoth now see David had become great he went on to become great and greater and greater because he trusted in Yahweh Sebaoth and the bible says now he wanted his people to experience the same revelation the same understanding so what did he do he brought the ark do you know who was the last person who was in love with the ark before David Samuel the bible says in the middle of the night Samuel the little boy he was sleeping near the ark of god and see that's the same anointing that got passed down to david you should understand it samuel did not fight like david did but samuel had a revelation of who this god is you remember that 
first samuel chapter 1 because his mother prayed that he had a revelation every generation took that revelation to the next level hannah never prophesied but samuel he prophesied samuel he started raising kings david not only did he prophesy do you know that david is one of the biggest prophets in the old testament about the coming of jesus there are more prophecies about Jesus's first and second coming through David's Psalms than many other prophets in the Old Testament. He was a not only did he prophesy, not only did he pray, but he also won battles. He took that revelation of Yahweh Seva oath to the next level. Check this out. Now that he's reached that place where he became great, where he attained that 100% victory, now he is introducing this Yahweh Seva oath to the people. He says I know the secret of Samuel's blessing that Hannah and Elkanah would travel all the way to come and see the ark the same way Samuel would sleep next to the ark even when he was a baby how much more when he was grown up so David said I need to do the same thing what happens with so many of us is that when we see victory no when we see our blessings and our breakthrough then we forget the source of our blessing but david even after he became king and settled and he became great you remember it's in chapter 5 that it says that god was yahweh sevaoth was with him and he became great but in chapter 6 he says that's not enough i need to now impart this to others so let's bring back the ark in the house let's bring it back to jerusalem and then he says he once the ark came they began to worship the lord and he offered sacrifices and as soon as sacrifices were done you know that unless there are sacrifices there can be no blessing blessings are released when there is sacrifices it says in the in in genesis that abram he brought his tithes to melchizedek and then melchizedek blessed him melchizedek had given him food to food like bread and wine but that was not blessing the blessing came after abram gave his tithes when he sacrificed when he gave something that would hurt him when there was sacrifices the bible says after the sacrifices were offered david now began to speak a blessing over the people and he said i bless you in the name of yahweh sevaoth this morning i am blessing some of you in the name of yahweh sevaoth Let me let me read further what Yahweh Sevaot did for David. 2nd Samuel chapter 7 verse 20 says it says and may your name be honored this is David's prayer. May your name be read it with me. May your name be honored forever so that everyone will say the Yahweh Sevaot is Elohim over Israel and may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. Wait a minute not only did David's name become great now the Lord is promising to bless David's house This morning the Lord is releasing a blessing upon some of your homes your families your children their children their children the Lord is releasing a blessing upon them because he says hey if you tap into the blessings that is available for in the name of Yahweh Sevaoth it is not just for your name to become great but your house will be blessed in that same name and he is speaking and he is declaring this over israelites and he's saying hey guys if you catch this principle if you worship this yahweh sevaot your house will be established by the lord 
verse 27. Oh, Yahweh, Sevaot, the Elohim of Israel, I have been bold enough. Somebody say, I've been bold enough. To pray this prayer to you because you have revealed all this to your servant saying, I will build a, a house for you. Not only will I make your name great, David, I'm now going to build a house for you. I'm going to make you a dynasty of kings. Do you remember last Sunday we said the same thing, that kings will come out of your womb. Kings will come out of your belly. I don't want to emphasize more on that, but the Lord is promising that again. He says, a dynasty of kings will come out of your house. I will build you a house and a dynasty of kings. Now, if you read the context, go back and read 2 Samuel 7. It's one of the most profound chapters in the whole Bible. One morning, David wakes up and he says, I want to build a house for God. Okay? And uh, he goes and tells the pro prophet, you know, David had a prophet over him. And David goes and speaks to the prophet and says, I want to build a house for God. And the prophet says, yes, man of God, that's a good desire. Please go ahead. And then the man of God went and slept in the night. There was a dream. The man of God got a correction from the Lord. And he came back and told David, no, don't build this house. This house is supposed to be built by your son, Solomon. But... Because you had this desire. See, David, did David build a house? No. He did not even build a house. See, but just because you had this desire to build a house for God, the Lord says, I'm going to build a house for you. Can you imagine the divine exchange? David did not even build a house for God. All that he did was have a desire. All of you guys, whatever you've been doing to build the house of the Lord. Can I speak this over your houses this morning? The Lord says, I have seen your desire. May the Lord bless you guys this morning. Because of you wanting to build God's house. Because of your desire to build God's house. May the Lord build your house. May the Lord build your families. May the Lord build your children up. May the Lord give you a dynasty of kings. A dynasty of kings. A dynasty of kings in the name of Jesus. Wow. Yahweh Seva Oath. Somebody say Yahweh Seva Oath. Are you ready to read an entire Psalms with me? Yes. We're calling on the name of Yahweh Seva Oath. And this is one of those Psalms where... Uh, the psalmist calls on the name of Yahweh Sevao. This is Psalms 46 and let's begin verse, with verse 1. Elohim is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Who is he? He's our refuge and he's our strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear. Somebody say, we will not fear. We will not fear. Every fear that has been plaguing you, every fear that has been fighting you, I speak refuge and strength. I speak refuge and strength. The refuge and strength of Yahweh Sevaot. I speak that over every fear. The Lord is saying, I'm, I'm taking away your fear this morning. Wherever there is fear, I am speaking that I am your refuge. 
I am your strength. It says, though the earth gives way and the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and though the mountains tremble at its swelling. He says, even though all these things happen, I will not fear. Do you know that there will come a day when the earth will be taken away? It says, it says, even if the earth under your feet is taken away, I will not fear. What are you afraid of? Losing your job? The Lord says that I'm going to protect you even if the earth under your feet has to go away. You will not have any need for fear because I am your refuge and strength. What is your worst fear? Can you imagine all of these fears if we compare that with the fear of the earth being swept underneath our feet? If the earth underneath your feet is swept away, the Bible says, even then I will have no need for fear. What are you standing on today? Are you standing on the fact that you have a six-figure job and a great family? And is that, your, is that what you're standing on? You know, even if that gets taken away, you will not have a reason to fear. Because Elohim is your refuge and your strength. Let's go to verse 4. Verse 4 and 5. This is a blessing over the church. It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Somebody say, this is the city of God. This church is the city of God. And it says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So this habitation has to be holy. You know, when we invite Yahweh Sevaot, we have to give him a holy space to work in. It says, verse 5, God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. See, this is a very important verse for us to meditate on. Yes, Yahweh Sevaot will come to fight for you. But there are seasons when you will go through the night. It doesn't say God will fight for you in the night. It says God will help you when? Come on. When? Morning dawns. In other words, there are some victories that will come after a period of time. Some victories that you have to wait for the right season. Just because you don't see victory right now, doesn't mean that God is not on your side. You know what we think is, oh wait, I'm praying, I'm tithing, I'm you know, serving the church, I'm doing all of this, but look at my life, no change. That's because, friend, it's because you're still in the night. There is going to come a time when it will be morning, when the seasons will change, when, when the night seasons will begin to be broken through by a morning light. And the Bible says the Lord will come to help you in the morning dawn, at the break of the dawn, at the very beginning of the light, the Lord will come to fight for you. Don't worry if you're in the midst of darkness. It's okay. Doesn't mean that God has forsaken you. Because the Bible says God is in the midst of her. Everybody say God is in the midst of her. Somebody say God is in the midst of my house. God is in the midst of my church. God is in the midst of my business, career, my work. He is in the midst of everything that my hand does. 
and that therefore I will not be moved because just when morning dawns God will come to help me just when morning dawns verse 6 the nations rage the kingdoms totter he utters his voice and the earth melts verse 7 are you ready for this Yahweh Seva Oath is come on loudly Yahweh Seva Oath is with us you remember who was with Goliath spears javelin swords right but who is with us Yahweh Seva Oath he is with us the God of Jacob he is our fortress amen and and that is why he will be our refuge and strength that is why we will not have to fear even if the earth under us gives way that is why we will not be moved even in night seasons because Yahweh Seva Oath he is with us when the morning comes he is going to fight for you but even in night seasons this Yahweh Seva Oath he is with us this God of Jacob, He is our fortress. Verse 8 says, Come, behold the works of Yahweh. How He has brought desolation on the earth. You remember, we read this earlier. He, we will see His deeds. You remember this? Earlier on we read this. We will see His deeds and then we will know His glory. We will glorify His name. And here it says now, He's working. Now you need to open your eyes to come and behold what he is working, what he is doing. The one reason you do not have a revelation of Yahweh Sevaoth is because you're not looking at what God is doing in your night seasons. Even in your night seasons, he is working. Even when you cannot see it, he is still working. Even when you cannot feel it, he is still working. He is still fighting for you. Come and see what the Lord is doing, says the Lord. Verse 9. He makes wars cease. I speak this over you. May your wars cease in Jesus' name. Every wars in your relationships, may it cease in Jesus' name. Every wars in your banking systems, may it cease in Jesus' name. Yes, every battle that is coming against you, in your emotional health, in your mental health, in your spiritual health, may it cease this morning in the mighty name of Yahweh Sevaot. Because He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. Are you ready for the next word? <laughs> he breaks the bow, He shatters the spear, and He burns the chariots with fire. What did Goliath come with? He came with spears. He came with swords. And he came with javelins. But we have somebody who is going to break, shatter and burn. Somebody scream, break, break. shatter, shatter. Burn. burn. Loudly, break, break. Shatter. shatter, burn. As you're speaking this, you have to envision. Because what does the previous verse say? Come and behold. The works of your Yahweh Sevaoth, right? Behold. What does behold mean? To look, to see. Are you ready? Open your eyes and look at your problem and say, break, break. Shatter, shatter, and burn. And burn. 
Come on, we are speaking this with faith, right? Like Abraham did. Even though he could not see Canaan, he saw it with his eyes of faith. And this morning we have to see our promises and we have to speak this over our Goliaths. Come on, one more time. Break, shatter, and burn in the name of Yahweh Sevaot. Do you want to know what you got to do? Do you want to know what you got to do? Verse 10. Be still. Be still. Be still. And know that He is your Yahweh Seva. Be still. Be still. Stop fighting for yourself. Let Him fight your battles. Because I will be exalted among the nations. And I will be exalted in the earth. Then the psalmist goes back in verse 11. He says, Lord of hosts, our Yahweh Seva Oath, He is with us. The God of Jacob, He is our fortress. You know, this revelation was best released to us with that prophetic word about Jesus' birth. When the angel Gabriel came to see Mary, this is when he is speaking to Joseph and he says, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, and all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah. Verse 23 says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him what? And what does it mean? What does Emmanuel mean? You know, it's very easy for us to say that God was with David. You know, he, there were so many things he had to do to deserve that. In the New Testament, some of us, we don't even deserve God's presence with us. But because of Jesus, Emmanuel became personal and real for us. Because of Jesus. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, this concept of Yahweh Seva Oath will be a distant reality. It will be a coming in and going out. There will be seasons of defeat, there will be seasons of victory. But if you have a relationship with this Jesus, what does the Bible say about Jesus? His name is Emmanuel. What does it mean? Our Yahweh Seva Oath. He is with us now. That's what we read in Psalms 46. Yahweh Seva Oath, He is with us. He, he is our fortress. He is our refuge and He is our strength. That, that is realized only and only when we trust in Jesus. I know that most of you have already given your lives to the Lord Jesus. But if you have not done that, today you have the opportunity of doing it. If you have never invited this Jesus to be with you, to be your Emmanuel, to be your Yahweh Seva Oath. You know, when we call the name Yahweh, it is not just for the Father or just for the Lord Jesus. It's also equally applicable for the Holy Spirit. The Father, He is Yahweh Seva Oath. The Son, Jesus, He is Yahweh Seva Oath. And the Holy Spirit, He is Yahweh Seva Oath. Amen? If you will let this Jesus into your heart, if you will say, I don't want any other master. For long, this, this person has been my master or 
this God has been my master or this religion has been my master. I don't want any of these masters. I want only and only Jesus. If you're praying that today, the Lord is going to come into your life and He is going to become your Yahweh Stevaoth. He's going to make Emmanuel very personal and real to you. Can I just finish with this one particular scripture where Jesus is shown as Yahweh Stevaoth. Can I show it to you? This is the book of Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and the Bible says he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Okay? Joshua, he was very curious. So Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or are you a foe? Are you with us or are you with our enemies? Because this guy, he has a sword in his hand, which means he's a man of war. Which means he, he probably is part of an army or he commands an army. Okay? And so Joshua, when he sees this man, he goes to him and he says, Hey, wait a minute, who are you? Are you with us or are you with our enemies? Now sometimes when we have a revelation of who God is, what God does in our life, we may be tempted to ask the same question. God, are you with me or are you on the side of my enemies now here is the reply this man he replied neither one he replied i am the commander of the lord's army in other words what he said is i am yahweh sevaoth he's technically saying hey what you're looking at i am the commander of the lord's army i am yahweh sevaoth so what he was saying is, hey, wait a minute, Joshua, you're trying to get me on your side? He's saying, no, no, no. I'm not on your side, nor on your enemy's side. But what you can do is you can get on my side. Because I am Yahweh Sevaoth. The Bible says at this revelation, when, when he had this revelation that this person is Yahweh Sevaoth. Now, I believe this is Jesus. This is Jesus because this, because he appeared as a man and the, this line says that he fell before him in, in reverence. Anytime, you know, any of these guys would do that to an angel, the angel will quickly pick them up saying, we are your servants. Don't bow down before us. But here, this angel did not do that. It says this Joshua, he fell face down in worship before this Yahweh Sevaoth. And he says, wait a minute, I know you are not at our command. You are not going to follow my lead. I am at your command. Somebody say, I am at your command, Lord. What do you want your servant to do? So Joshua is asking Yahweh Sevaoth. He's saying, you know, for long I've been trying to get you on my side. And I've been trying to get you to fight my enemies. But right now, I want to bring a change of perspective. I want to come on your side. Amen. I want to get on your side. What can I do to be in your army rather than having you in my army? You know the difference? It's like saying, if, you, if somebody meets you and says, hey, oh, you are good at these skills, 
why don't you come and work for me? Right? You know, why don't you come and work for my company? You can turn back and say, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to work for you. You work for me. You know, I let me be the boss. Let me be the guy in charge and you work for me. And that's what God is doing here with Joshua. Joshua was saying, hey, looks like you have a sword. Looks like you can fight. Looks like you can be in an army. Are you in my army or are you in my enemy's army? The Yahweh Sevaoth, he replied saying, no, no, no. I'm not what you think I am. I'm Yahweh Sevaoth. So Joshua replies by saying, Lord, what can I do? Command, open your mouth and speak it out and I will do it. Do you want to know the reply? It says, then Yahweh Sevaoth, he replied. What did he reply? Take off your sandals for the place that you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Do you remember where we started? If you have to have Yahweh Seva Oath's revelation in your life and have him minister and have him fight your battles for you, have him lead you into your Canaan, into your promised land, you have to disconnect from your Hophni and your Phinehas. Here is the first time the Lord is revealing himself as Yahweh Seva Oath in the Bible. See, David did not really have a personal encounter with God as Yahweh Seva Oath the way Joshua had. When Joshua had his revelation of Jesus, where Jesus came and stood before him and said, I am your Yahweh Seva Oath. Joshua fell down and said, what do you want me to do right now? How do you want me to respond to this revelation? How can I join your team? How can I fight your battles? For long, I thought you're going to fight our battles. But now, today, I want to join your team and I want you to allow me into your team. How can I fight with you, Yahweh Sevaoth? And he replies saying, you know, you've, you've walked through this wilderness for 40 years. This was the sandals that represented 40 years of disobedience, 40 years of rebellion, 40 years of wandering, 40 years of murmuring, 40 years of disconnection from the Lord. And he says, take that away. Remove that sandals. You want a revelation. You want to encounter this Yahweh Seva Oath. You have to get that sandals out of the way. Because wherever Yahweh Seva Oath comes, he says, when I stand here, this ground that you're standing on, is holy the Lord is inviting some of us into that deep holy encounter let me finish with this statement the nearness of Yahweh Seva Oath it is going to purify us it is going to consecrate us and that is what ensures us victory in every battle you read it with me the nearness of Yahweh Seva Oath it purifies us, consecrates us, and ensures victory in every battle. Come on, throw your hands up. Thank you for downloading today's sermon. We hope this ministered to you and your family today. Connect with us at DreamingRevival.com and you are welcome to join in to any of our Sunday celebration service 
at 11 a.m. or you can tune in to our live stream at youtube.com slash Pastor Pruji. God bless you and have a blessed week.